Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. Oh, my God. That's not Dan Peck. That's Jeff Trelowitz, the host of Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks. Hey, everybody. Decided to uh, jump over to the Stupid Sexy Podcast this week. That's right. He did. Well, if you guys have been paying attention, you should have known Jeff was coming on board. So Jeff will be here to review the episode with me, and Dan will, well, actually, he's also here. Hi, Dan. You replacing me, Chris? No, I'm not replacing you, damn it. There's no replacing you, Dan. You're irreplaceable. You are irreplaceable, sir. We are Bart, Milhouse, and Martin in this episode. We are going to... One of us is which? I don't know. Who's the most paranoid? (laughs) That would be Bart. And then I who- honestly, well, look at it this way. You two are definitely more Bart and Millhouse because you do everything together, which then by proxy sadly makes me Martin. That means you have to pee and we're going to tie you up so you can't. Well, I'll be right back. Actually, I got to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> time down. Bart, Millhouse and Martin. That's right. Uh, Jeff, why don't you tell everybody what this week's episode is? This week's episode is Three Men and a Comic Book. It's all about them buying the first epi- uh, first issue of uh, Radioactive Man and then the paranoia that strikes when they all want to have it at the same time. Has anybody ever actually tried to, like, co-purchase something with somebody no. and it just doesn't work and out? Then this episode is the exact reason why I never <laughs> yes, did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like... Like, yeah, obviously my wife and I co-own a ton of things, including two cats, but yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of friends I might trust to do something like this with, but there is a lot that I know this would just end in absolute disaster. And what's the point of co-owning it if you don't get to enjoy it, you know, every day or every other day? It's just more of a burden than anything else. They shouldn't have even taken it out of the package, but we'll discuss that as we review the episode. Uh, Jeff, why did you choose this episode as your first guest spot on Stupid Sexy Podcast? I think I would say it's probably one of the better episodes of season two. I just like the the relationship that we see of the three boys. And it's also I'm a big comic book guy myself. So I thought that would be kind of a cool way for me to jump in. There you go. And as we have said before, if you would like to claim a guest spot on the show, and we can have multiple guests on an episode if there's, you know, need for it, all you have to do is tell us which episode you would like to guest on. We have a couple already earmarked with future guests, but uh, Jeff just happens to be the first one because this is the earliest episode anybody claimed, and we happen to get to it. We'll get to the rest of them in like four or five years based on our current recording schedule. But at ho- least hopefully that will be changing sooner rather than later. I can't exactly say why, but I have an idea in mind for the near future where we might be able to get up to a two and maybe even three re- episode a week release date, which would be really nice for a show like this to get us moving here. But we'll uh, we'll cut back. Well, I don't want Jeff and I to do all the talk, and so I'm going to throw it over to Dan. And Dan, would you please be the one to take us through this week's couch gag and chalkboard gag? All right. This week we start off with Bart on a chalkboard 
And he writes, I will not show off, but in the fanciest font possible. <laughs> I love that, too. It's like that old-timey font, too. It's officially called Black Letter is the font. Ooh. I didn't know it had a name. Did you research that, or did you just know that? It is on the Wikipedia, brother. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And they all get to the couch, and they just tip it back. It falls over. <laughs> yeah. And then Maggie's like, I still want to watch TV. <laughs> you ever notice on those couch gags when something unfortunate happens to the rest of the family, usually Maggie's the one that ends up unscathed? Yep. Well, they can't hurt baby. I mean, you say that, but then I've totally seen those Treehouse of Horrors where she's just flat out hanging from a noose. Yeah, but that's also not <laughs> canon. Yeah, well. The intro's canon? <laughs> how much of the show is canon? I mean, considering it's been for how many years now, Bart should be married with kids, and so, yeah. Yeah, so. washing himself with a rag on a stick by now. Dude, officially in canon, Bart's actually older than me because he was born in 1983. Yeah. So there you go. But still, Bart should be sitting on this podcast right now because he's in that age demographic. Yep. You have a cow, man. Exactly. All right. So this episode starts off with Marge driving Bart and Lisa to a comic book convention, of course, whining that they got to go fast or all the good comics will be gone. You only buy Casper the Wimpy Ghost. Poor Bart equating friendliness with wimpiness will keep you from achieving popularity. Which is kind of a snooty-ass comment, but that's Lisa for you. Yep. I also like the theory that Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich. Because he is. <laughs> this is like an idea that's been around for a long time, and this show might have made it pop. <laughs> it, might, it might have. I mean, this is The Simpsons. I, I like when they're discussing, like, how did Richie Rich die? And they're like, <laughs> oh, he definitely took his own life. And then Marge is like, kids, could you, like, lighten up a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course... Bart's got to show off his superhero, of course, Radioactive Man, which is... Oh, this... yeah, because it's $8 to enter, but $5 if you're in a costume. Oh, yeah, of course. So, Radioactive Man, in a nutshell, is basically a knockoff of Batman, with the whole Fallout Boy as the sidekick, the Robin type thing, except he actually does have superpowers. It's how, how Hulk, it's how Hulk got his powers. Yeah, basically. He he's he is literally a radioactive man. He is Adam Bomb. For the yep. wrestling wrestling fans out there just popped, everybody else is just like, huh? Like what is this guy even talking about? With Johnny Polo. So I also noticed on the actual comic, there's a character named Dr. Crab, which is a radioactive man villain who is being knocked into the sun. I don't know if he survived or whatever, but like that's just something I observe because I know way too much about Simpsons lore. And, and of course, that's Bart trying to be like, like, oh, every time he's, he does this, he says something cool, like hot enough for you. And Lisa's like, oh, I stand corrected. That is a cool, a cool name. So yeah, they're trying to get in. As Dan said, it's only five bucks if you dress up like a popular superhero. So what does Bart do? He runs into a phone booth, kicking out Dave Shutton, the, the news reporter making a background appearance, and comes out dressed like the greatest superhero you've never heard of, Bartman. He even has a dance in a song. I know. Everybody, if you can, do the Bartman. <laughs> Welcome. That is so 1991. That's a way future episode, but we'll get to that one. 
So what I love about the Bartman thing is that Bartman wasn't ever really a thing, but because Bart had a superhero alter ego that that just happened to be, they actually made video games based as Bart as Bartman. Yeah. Like, there's an NES game. I think there's something on Sega as Bartman, which was never, like, a thing I mean, on the show, but... Even in the not... arcade game, he comes in when he respawns. He oh, yeah, he Bart. flies in as Bartman. It's not quite like the uh, South Park superheroes where that was actually a thing. Yes. <laughs> but who are you dressed as? I'm Bartman. Yeah, I never heard of him. Full price. $8. Yeah, $8. <laughs> So, they're at the convention, and of course, uh, <laughs> I freaking love uh, Quimby's speech. He's, lo- he's like, uh, thank you guys, and welcome to the Funny Book Convention. And uh, thank you for pumping $300 into our local economy. <laughs> I feel like Radiation Man. That's Radioactive Man, jerk. I uh, stand corrected. Get that get punk's- out of here. Yeah, get that punk's name. <laughs> I also love when he's like, make sure you guys are out of here by six for the Shriners. And then we see the Shriners coming in. Oh, that's a great little callback that they, they did right there. And we got Martin at Lost and Found looking for a left Vulcan ear. And then Otto's in line to get his very own idea for a comic book published. It's about a dude who drives a school bus by day, but by night he fights vampires in a post-apocalyptic war zone. Oh, yeah, it's like, get your art critiqued by a real artist, and he just, like, shits on everybody. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So they're like, hey, Bart, you want to come with us? We're going to go see Buddy Hodges. Oh, dude, the guy who played Fallout Boy on TV? I guess he wasn't killed in Vietnam. So, of course... Definitely definitely not a shot at Burt Ward. No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. So... I, I love that they, they do the classic thing where they show, like, the Laramie Cigarette promotional commercial that's also part of the show. Because that was, like, a big thing. That, remember, like, like Fred Flintstone would smoke cigarettes? Like, I don't remember what the brand was. If it was Marlboro or Joe Camel or whatever. But, like, they they would use those those advertising mascots. And there was always cigarettes or some kind of bourbon or... Because they do that in uh, the Itchy and Scratchy episodes, too, when they go to Itchy and Scratchy Land. They show Itchy and Scratchy smoking Laramie cigarettes. It was Winston cigarettes that Fred smoked. Winston, thank you. Thank you. So, so of course, uh, he comes out and he's like, all right, let's uh, remember, we want to remember the guy who played Radioactive Man, Dirk Richter, which is actually a pretty cool name. We want to remember him as Radioactive Man, not the sort of details of his final years. So keep the questions tasteful. So, of course, as soon as Buddy Hodges comes out, he's just like... Uh, a sad sack? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone, all the kids are asking questions about Radioactive Man. And he's like, you know, I'm in a Broadway play right now, and it's really good. Hey, and like, nah, what about that episode where you almost died? Oh, yeah, I like when he's like, oh... He got injected with shrinking serum. How come the costume shrinks too? He's just like, I don't know. Next. <laughs> so, of course. And, of course, when they bring up Dirk Richter, he's like, he was a beautiful man. Leave him alone. So, they're browsing the comic books, and they come across Comic Book Guy's collection. Of course, we'll get to this in the trivia, but this is his debut. 
<clears throat> and he's voice is not quite there yet. No, like most characters. And he's like, yeah, look at all this, uh, look at all this cool stuff you got. We got this one where he marries Larva Girl, and and this one where Fallout Boy debuts. He's like, hey, you want to see something really cool? It's Radioactive Man number one. I bet that's worth a million bucks. It is, my lad. But you can have it for a hundred. All I got is thirty. Then you can't have it. <laughs> and that's like the ultimate haggling thing. I, I like Bart when he's like, "I never knew why God put me on this earth, but now I know." <laughs> so, Marge picks him up, or actually, no, the the whole family picks him up, and Lisa's bragging about all the Caspers and Lois Lanes, and Homer's like, "I don't know a Superman saw on her. Give me Wonder Woman." Yeah, that was a little disturbing. Yeah. His, uh, uh, tie me up with the golden lariat. <laughs> March just yells at him. Uh, and then immediately to distract, he's like, how about dinner at Krusty Burger? My treat. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dad, you're so, you're so great. And then shits on him, yeah. He's like taking us to a fight. Yeah, what are you getting at, boy? <laughs> yeah, I need $100 for a comic. Why? Who drew it? Micah Melangelo? <laughs> that one made me laugh. And then he says, T.S., I don't know what that stands for, guys. Do you? What could TS possibly stand for on this family show? I don't know. So many possibilities. So many possibilities. So I like how he's bugging him through the restaurant and then he's just like, look, Bart, I get it. Usually when you do this, <laughs> I give in. I'm not mad at you because you're paying attention, but we're not, not giving you $100. Now you're going to start stop bugging me and then he does it to Bart. And then immediately gloats on it. As the entire <clears throat> restaurant turns and looks at them. I know. <laughs> and then here comes Marge. You know, when I was a child, when I was a child, I wanted an electric light bulb oven. <laughs> it turns out that her sisters gave her an allowance so they could take up smoking, and you hear their voices, and then you hear them immediately change when they start smoking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's take up smoking. Uh, I like the cigarette. Yeah, I like how we finally hear the uh, the change in their voice. Oh, it's so funny. It's such a good gag, too, because if you know anybody who's ever been a long-term smoker, they develop that super raspy voice. Like, just, hey, I'll, I'll throw another one out there for the wrestling fans. When they interviewed the Sandman for, the, for Dark Side of the Ring for the New Jack episode, and you heard just what his voice sounds like now... Because he's been smoking his whole life, and he just has the raspiest voice you've ever heard. That'll also happen when you hit yourself over and over again with a kendo stick in the face. Yeah, that's a possibility, too. <laughs> that is a possibility. I, I wouldn't I mean, know. That's but... how you get a speech impediment. <clears throat> so, my favorite part here is the whole, uh, is the whole, Bart, get a job, and he has the... The Daniel Stern voiceover in his the head? One, yeah, the Wonder Years moment made me laugh. Oh, that was so great. Yeah, but first he's like, why would mom get a job? <laughs> yeah, why would mom get a job? She means you, you <laughs> idiot. You already do so much for this family. How could you get it? Oh, never mind. <laughs> so, of course, Bart's Bart's ready to make some money. So, first thing he does is he dumps a jug of soda and cashes that in for a dime. Then he cashes in all of these old coins and gets three cents. And then he tries a lemonade stand and nobody's buying from him. 
And Lisa even tries to like make the sign look pathetic. She so, did a good job. It got him like one or two, but it wasn't going to be enough. Got him Nelson to laugh at him. Switches to beer. <laughs> yeah. And then here comes the cops. Oh, I like that Barney tries to give him, give him on credit and he kicks him out right away. <laughs> hey, uh, you got a liquor license, boy? You know, officer, writing all those tickets must make you thirsty. Well, see, you know, it's a first offense. <laughs> And then Homer comes home and sees all his beer just scattered about. So, of course, uh, Marge is at the salon. And she's like, oh, my boy wants money for a comic book. He's desperate. What's he trying to buy? Nazi smasher? (laughs) Mrs. Glick. And we got another guest voice on her, too. Cloris Leachman. Yes. Recently just passed as well. I know, really recently too. Yeah, it was like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, as we're as we're recording this on what is today's date? February the nineteenth. Yeah. Yeah. But uh what a hell of a career she had too. It's it's actually don't go through the annals of Simpson guest stars to see which ones have passed away. It's very depressing. It was less yeah. than a month ago. It was January twenty seventh. Yeah. Like I get depressed just thinking about how many guest stars on Big Bang Theory have passed away from Stephen Hawking, Leonard Nimoy, like, and of course, Howard's mother. And then I'm just like, oh, damn, like, I, I start looking at all these old Simpsons episodes. I'm like, yep, Steve Allen was still alive. George yep. Harrison was still alive. They got Johnny Carson when he was still alive. Well, again, think about, like, for all of us in wrestling, watching an old pay-per-view from even just like 15 years ago going, Who's still alive on this show? I know. Well, it's really depressing. If you watch anything with the Wyatt family or Crime Time, it's even more depressing. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, I know. But that's this is the life we chose, people. We chose to be nerds. We chose to be fans of The Simpsons. And we have to deal with this when we go back. So, uh, so yeah. So, Mrs. Glick, Bart's. And, of course, uh, it's it's all the standard old people stuff, right? Like, she's she's got all this terrible food for him to eat. And then, uh, oh, that's Asa. There's a callback to Asa when we get to uh, Grandpa's history there. Killed in the Great War because he held a grenade too long. (laughs) And I seriously got a vibe from her from the trailer of It Chapter 2. Where, (laughs) Yup, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm like, wait, this came out way before that. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Yup, way before that, but... I also like she offers him the candy and it's all stuck in the bowl. It's just like yep. one big thing. Like the ribbon candy and the <laughs> nasty. Candy. I know it's so nasty. The old people candy. There is a great joke to that on uh, on Family Guy when they're at uh, Lois's parents' house and Stewie's going through the candy dish. He's like, "Ah, oh, look what we have here. We have some licorice. We have some Friedent, a Luden's cough drop. It's just like the worst possible stuff you could have." But that's the the stereotypical stuff. At least Werther's original actually tastes good. <laughs> yeah. So of course she's watching she's watching her stories while Bart's cleaning weeds, and he comes in all oh, bleeding because yeah. the she's like, you know which ones are the weeds, right? <laughs> all of them. All of them. That, that, all of them. Because there's like a jungle front yard. That's freaking hilarious. <laughs> she's like, um, get the iodine. <laughs> As soon as she puts on, he just screams. 
<laughs> well, Bart, you make any money? No, but I'm in a lot of pain. I also like when she's like, I'm going to go watch my stories. And she's like, oh, this is so terrible. But I kind of like it anyway. Yeah, I know. Freaking old people watching their soap operas. She made uh, fun I, of the, yeah, she like yelled at her for being like a whore. Yeah, Ew. a whore. You whores. You whores. Gotta say it like Stu Hartwood. You whore. Whores. You whore. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, When I was in Canada and I was at a thing and the guy's like, we have to have our men to stop going to see whores. I'm like, do what? <laughs> it's a total Canadian thing, but yet. But yeah, ever since I've heard those stories about Stu Hart saying it like that, now I've been saying it like that, and it's bad. <laughs> why Why is she being portrayed like a whore? <laughs> like, oh, god damn it, here we go. <laughs> so, he's cleaning sludge out. He's washing her wedding dress that's now dyed black to be a mourning dress. And, of course, he's like, oh, last night I dreamed I held you in my arms, looking at the comic book. <laughs> and it's back to the, no, not the iodine. Burn the germs off with a torch. Amputate my arm. And then he walks away with two quarters. He does, I like, can... a week worth of complete all-day work. Yeah. And gets 50 cents. Look, I can leave without screaming. And I can leave it without saying a bad word, but I will not say thank you. You're welcome. welcome. (laughs) She goes, now go off and buy moon pies. (laughs) He's like, moon pies, my butt. I also like when Homer, he's just like, all I got was 50 cents. You know, when I was your age, 50 cents was a lot of money. Really? No. (laughs) But he got up to uh, 35 bucks. He's like, I'm done working. Working's for chumps. He's like, I'm proud of you, boy. I was twice your age before I figured that out. Yeah, but also remember, he started with 30, so. I know. So he's he's up five, so. But as he goes back to see the comic book, he realizes that comic book guy is trying to sell it to Martin. Martin's like, can I have it for 40? I I sold seeds. I even visited my aunt in the nursing home. I fished a dime out of the sewer. (laughs) And then Bart's like, can I have it for 35? He's like, no, you freaking kids. Apparently, not getting getting off my chair for less than 100. And then Millhouse walks in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what does Millhouse want, Dan? (laughs) He wants to crawl your Stremski car with the weird weird beard or whatever, the sideburns. The sideburns, yeah, from 1973. (laughs) Show me the 30 bucks, because if you ain't got it, I ain't getting up. And then sure enough, he shows it to him, and he gets up. He's like, hey, if you go in together, we can get a copy of Radioactive Man number one right now. He comes back. Here you go. Yeah, I don't want it. I think that I think oh. they were going to make friggin' kids a catchphrase of his. It just didn't pick up. But, of course, he's like, we've got the $100. We want to buy it. He's like, yes, sir. Ah, breathe it in, boys. This is what dreams are made of. It smells like my grandpa. <laughs> so they got their comic book, and as they get go home to escape the rain, they try to pull it in three different directions. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun! And then just, just to hone in the plot, here comes comic book guy. Looks like you got more than you bargained for. And then slams the door shut. So they're in the treehouse and they're reading it by candlelight. They so they can use the tweezers and burn the burn the tips before they touch it to keep it pristine. 
So we get the the origin story of Radioactive Man was pretty much that he was caught in an A-bomb and he became radioactive. <laughs> Stuck to the fence yes. during a test by a test site. <laughs> yep. That's exactly how it happened. So at least Bruce Banner was trying to save Rick yeah. Jones's life. This guy was probably <laughs> trespassing. <laughs> But he got superpowers out of it. So, I mean, can't be that mad at him. So, of course, now comes the bargaining part. Well, how about we we settle it? Uh, Each of us get it for two days of the week. Well, that leaves... What about Sunday? What about it? We'll use a random number generator, and we'll get these numbers. What about zero? Well, then we'll do rock, paper, scissors. He's like, all right, well, it's it's my day, so I'll take it home. No, the comic stays here. Fine. We'll all stay with the comic book. It's going to be like a sleepover, because that's what pals do, right? So, now, of course, it has to last forever, so the last one alive can be buried with it. Which is a thing that happens in other episodes later. I know, right? So, of course, as they're getting, they're starting to get aggressive, here comes Marge. Hey, you guys want milk and microwave s'mores? Thank you, Mrs. Simpson. And they're, they do, like, the pan around the treehouse while the storm is raging, and they're angrily eating their treats. And then when they're actually sleeping in their sleeping bags, they catch Martin out of bed. He's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, well, so do I, but I'm not getting up. And then immediately, you notice that when Martin is this, this when Martin is sus, that's when it all becomes our comic. Like, Bart actually calls it our comic, meaning just him and Millhouse's. And yep. In that context, because this is what this is where the paranoid thing goes. So they tie him up. They're like, "Well, take turns watching him." All right, I'll go first. No, that's your little game. It's like I'm gonna. Meanwhile, the storm is getting worse, and <laughs> my, my... Marge is like, "Homer, you should go and get those boys." <laughs> and then the... she goes. <laughs> no, that's the best. He's just looked. He's in the rumpus room. And he looks up right as lightning hits the tree and they're all strangling each other. He goes, they're fine. <laughs> My favorite is uh, when Bart's getting all paranoid on Millhouse. He goes, tell him what we do with squealers. And Martin's like, is it worse than what you do to people who have to pee? <laughs> oh, it's so freaking funny. So, of course, while they're, squ- while, they're squ- while they're fighting, Millhouse almost falls out the edge. Bart catches him and the comic starts to blow away and Bart can't do both. Scorsese's like, please help me. I didn't even want it. I wanted Carl Yastrzemski with the big sideburns. <laughs> and of course... And he's like, and actually, the most rational thing said in the entire section section of the episode is, it's only a couple feet down. You'll be fine, Millhouse. He's like, no, don't let me go. Actually, yeah, that probably wouldn't even hurt that badly. Because <laughs> it's yeah, just... The rain has made it soft, so you'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, it probably wouldn't have yeah. been that bad. Like the worst possible to get hurt. And then Martin's like, if you had just untied me, I could have grabbed the comic book. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Because Bart can't hear it right now. Cause... And then, of course, in typical cartoon fashion, that after Bart saves Millhouse, the comic blows to the ground. The dog rips it up. Right into a mud puddle. Right yep. into a mud puddle. The dog the rips dog. it up. And then lightning happens to just strike the book. Because that would totally happen in real life. And then he's like, 
Yeah, and when Marge comes to get them, she's like, you can play your little tie-up game inside. Who wants imitation marshmallows in their cocoa? Me, Mrs. Simpson? Yeah, I'd raise my hand if I could. <laughs> and then the next morning, my favorite part the next morning is that Homer goes to open his car, and he left the window open and the water pours out. <laughs> Which means that he, he probably ruined the upholstery a little bit, and that, sh- that smell doesn't go away. I know from experience because my father did that to his old pickup truck. One day, left the windows open in a rainstorm, and that thing smelled for months afterwards. That's a tough smell to get out. Yeah. So they try to salvage the book, but they say it has returned to the earth from whence it came. (laughs) He's like, we ended up with nothing because we can't share. Well, what's your point? Nothing. It just ticks me off. And then the very last scene is the uh the the final panel of the comic is sitting in a bird's nest and it's radioactive man going the world is safe again but for how long ah yes and that is three men and a comic book i got some trivia here boys let's hear it so the first one of course is one that i think a Okay, most people know this, but enough people don't that it takes them by surprise. But the band Fallout Boy did take their name from the Simpsons character. That actually has shocked a couple of people. And I, that surprises me that people are that dense. But no, I think I think if you're not really familiar with the Simpsons, you're not going to understand the reference. It's not like Fallout Boy is a mainstream character name. True. I mean... I think more people might know Radioactive Man, but maybe even that might be questionable. Our character debuts include Comic Book Guy, Alice Glick, Radioactive Man and Fallout Boy, and of course, Bartman. Who is not really a thing, but is totally a thing. So He is, but he isn't. <laughs> so writer Jeff Martin based Mrs. Glick on an old lady that he and his brother used to do chores for when they were kids. They would pull weeds until their hands would bleed, and yet they were only paid two quarters for several hours of work. So imagine that being your character inspiration. The old lady you actually worked for. So here is a Springfield location hint. There are only two states that will take an empty cola bottle for a dime. Michigan and California. Could Springfield be in Michigan or California? Aha. Things that make you go, hmm. hmm. I mean, they have established. We, we know that Matt Groening based Springfield on his, on his uh, home city of Portland. So I've always been of the opinion that Springfield is a West Coast city. And it has to be northern because it snows there. Yep. And they have a beach and the sun sets over the beach, which would be west coast. Because it sure as hell ain't the ain't Florida. Nope. They're not looking at the Gulf, so. <clears throat> According to Mike Reese, Daniel Stern was a pleasure to work with, and it only took him a few minutes to record his lines. That makes me well, feel good. Yeah, by that point, he had the experience of doing Wonder Years. Like, it right. took me a couple lines to go, is that really him, or is it just trying to be? Nope, that's him. Nope. That's him, yep. As soon as I saw the guest voices, I was like, yep, that's that's great. Does anybody, 
Dan and I know this because we watched this movie for an, an, a now defunct podcast. But did you catch the movie reference with Mrs. Glick and the Iodine? Off the top of my head, no. But I'm sure once you say it, I'll get it. Dan, did you catch it? The war scene? Do you want to? Gone with the wind. The silhouette. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the iodine. I've never actually seen... If you got... It's four hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I haven't seen it. (laughs) It is good, though. It's worth watching once. It's definitely worth watching, but it's a long movie. And it actually has an intermission. Yeah, that should tell you something. (laughs) So, uh, we talked about Patty and Selma having four feminine voices. So, this is interesting. When a rerun of this episode aired in 1992, a brief tribute to The Cosby Show aired following the end credits. That series ended on April 30th, 1992, and the tribute featured Barton Homer discussing the quality of the show and its importance to Bill Cosby, the first time in the series where a tribute was done for someone who didn't die. So that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, Treasure, The Treasure of Sierra Madre was an inspiration for the accusation and suspicion between the boys. <clears throat> There's a warning at, from the convention MC to not ask questions about the death of radioactive man Dirk Richter is, of course, a reference to the mysterious death of Superman's actor George Reeves. Although the addition of Bordello could be a reference to the unsolved 1978 murder of Bob Crane. But yep. who knows? <laughs> of course, we have the Lord of the Flies reference where he, Bart, Bart calls Martin Piggy and threatens to put an apple in his mouth. <laughs> There's a lot of references that they they make here. Uh, the third act originally contained Bart rallying a union of kids who were sick of doing chores for minimum pay. But the writers thought this was too much of a distraction from the original story. And I would agree with that. The, the point was for them to get the comic book. Yeah. We didn't. That would have been a whole different plot in itself. And they've also done that on so many other shows, too, where you you do the chores and you get the. The crappy pay, so. Yep. Ah, here, Dan, listen to this trivia piece. Tell me if this one blows your mind. Radioactive Man's origin is nearly identical to Marvel Comics character The Incredible Hulk, as they both gain their superpowers from absorbing massive amounts of radiation during ex- experimental detonation of a gamma bomb. Gasp. <laughs> actually seems more close to Sandman, but. A little bit, yeah. And did you know that Daniel Stern's brother, David M. Stern, is a regular writer and director on the show? I've seen the name, but I never, you know, you don't think about people's just random last name being Stern going, oh, I wonder if he's related to so-and-so. Stern is such a popular name. Could be former NBA commissioner David Stern. Or Howard Stern. Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's pianist. Exactly. Debut of the Android's Dungeon and the Rumpus Room. And, of course, in case you were wondering why they picked Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds, well, The Wonder Years takes place in the 60s and early 70s. Duh. I mean, duh. And that's it. Three men and a comic book. Uh, Dan, let's get your thoughts first. It's just a more classic episode. I think it's, uh... I think it's it's top tier for season two. It's, uh... 
It's it's a very relatable story. I think we've all pined over something that we couldn't afford when we were kids. And then, you know, if everybody was pining over it, sometimes you consider going in on something and whether or not you actually did it. But, uh, Jeff, your final thoughts. Again, the the reason why I picked it was because it was a classic episode, but I also it shows how easily people can turn on each other over a material thing. I mean, like, if the three of us found a copy of Action Comics number one and somehow pulled our money to get it, I mean, this is a very similar thing that could that could happen. Now you yeah. all have possession. You guys, I'm taking it. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. And we really are giving our non-proximity to each other. <laughs> Semantics! <laughs> Considering we live in three different states, so yeah. That would actually be be difficult. <laughs> well, in, in that case, would I for something like that, maybe I'd be open to like maybe me not having it, but we agree to keep it in a safe place that we have access to, and then nothing happens to it unless we decide to all go in and sell it and then split the profits or something. But that's really be the only reason I could see to do that. But yeah, that's uh but yeah, that's Three Men in a Comic Book. It's a good one. It's a relatable one. That's for damn sure. Well, next week, Dan and I are finally going to polish off Season 2 with Blood Feud. Another a decent way to end the season. This one's got some classic gags in it. And then we finally get to start Season 3. And we won't be watching the premiere of Season 3 on Disney Plus because they don't have it. Nope. I own it on DVD. And uh, I'm sure Dan will find a way to watch it as well. If anything, we can uh, we can do a, a share video and watch it together. I'll just hook up and be like, all right, here we go. Let's watch it. <laughs> we could do a live recording while we do that, too. That could be the whole damn episode. But, yes, uh, Blood Feud coming up next. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Glad and, uh, to be the first guest host on Stupid Sexy Podcast. You won't be the last. And uh, before I do plugs, uh, Jeff, tell us what you do on CKCC Radio. I have two different shows that I do bi-weekly. So this week I will be doing a real paranormal talk and I'm going to do a very creepy episode about the black eyed children. God, just the name of that since chills up my spine. And then my other one is ranking tracks where I take a full album and I sit down, I listen to every single song and then I rank them from worst to best. Last week I did uh, Aerosmith's, uh, permanent Vacation. Ah, such a good album, too. Such a great band. Yeah, uh, the, they're my second favorite band of all time and the first concert I ever saw live, so... There you go. That's that's awesome. I bet that was a hell of a show. It was the Get a Grip tour, and I definitely will do, do, be doing Get a Grip at some point. It was them, and Jackal was the opening act, and I did not know who Jackal was. The only thing I could tell you about them is they perform with a chainsaw. Okay, well, that's different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and as like I'm sitting there, and this was '95. I'm watching Steven Tyler running up and down the stage full speed for like two and a half hours. I'm like, this dude's gonna die on stage. I can just feel it. That's awesome. And then you know, a couple of years ago when he fell off stage, I'm like, nope, there, this is it. That'll that's do it. it. That's the end. Well, you'll be on a future episode featuring Aerosmith on Stupid yes. Sexy Podcast. <laughs> 
I've already claimed Flame and Moe's. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, Dan, what do you do on CKCC Radio? I do this show. <laughs> and what and else? I do, uh, what else do I do? I do the Nerd Table, which comes out on Mondays. Yes. Dan, Eric, and I discuss all the nerd stuff. And uh, tell them about the Twitch channel, Dan. Yes, at twitch.tv slash ckcconline. I'm streaming every day I can. I I mean, it was never really going to be an all 365 days thing. I've missed two days so far. It's still pretty good considering where we are in the year that you've streamed every day. Like... uh, so yeah, missing so, two pretty much every day. Because because Jeff and I are doing daily projects on Facebook, and we we know that today is day fifty. So yep. the fact that you've only missed two days out of fifty is still really good. Like I'd be proud of that. Yeah, you're doing the Simpsons characters, and I'm just doing TV and movie characters. And I'm trying to remember who today's character is going to be. Well, I guess uh, you have to be friends with Jeff on Facebook to find out. Check out all the other great shows on the network, including Motivational Moves, Jay Bunny's Music Hub, the Board to Death Bingecast, the Race Nerd Podcast, By the Numbers, the A Show, and Chris Ranks the Universe. By the way, you're going to love who today's uh, guest or today's character is going to be. It's one of your favorites. Uh, you've been saying that about a lot of them, and you've been right every time. So, All right. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Like we said, I am looking forward to getting us onto a multi-week, multi-episode week schedule. So there could be at least two. We'll probably start with two, work our way up to three. Three is the goal to do to release three days a week because that'll keep us at a nice brisk pace without getting overdone here. And to guest on the show, just like Jeff did, all you got to do is look up an upcoming episode let us know which one you want to... I only have four episodes in the future right now earmarked as guest spots. So you guys just have to tell me what you want to do. This is open to anybody who's willing to talk about the episode. Just, you know, or just be an interesting enough person to be on a podcast. Don't just come on and be like, I really like The Simpsons. Although that might actually was good. Episode was good. Although that might actually make for a really entertaining episode, just not in the right ways for that person. But that does it for this edition of Stupid Sexy Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Who wants to do the closing line? I took the opening, so Dan, you can do it. All right. Feels like a podcast and nothing at all.